It is great to look out and see both of you here today. <laughs> My name is Pastor Froggy Holt. <clears throat> and uh, anyway, um, glad that you're here. And we invite you to stand as we begin our, begin our worship together and as we sing our call to worship. like you guys to sing a lot today because I'm the only one singing up here and I don't like doing solos so it would help me a whole lot if y'all would really sing out today we're we're just doing all um, hymns today just doing all um, hymns today all Christmas carols so oh, we're flying through them now <laughs> Y'all sing loud. I can't hear you. Come on.
turn and greet those near you, and we're going to skip the children's sermon this morning because Rochelle is sick. It is good to have you all here today, and I am sorry to inflict you with the bullfrog that visits me about every year about this time, Um, but it is good to see all of you here. Uh, Andy and Kelly are away today. Um, This is, I think Andy's family is all, Greater Clan went up to um, the Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge area to celebrate family Christmas that way. Um, they probably saw some snow. Actually, I think, isn't this their, around their anniversary, Corey? Hmm? Yeah, this time of year, anniversary. And I think Andy told Kelly if, if she would agree to marry him, he'd take her there every year this time. So, you know, <clears throat> he had to have something to bargain with. So anyway, we miss, we miss them today and uh, 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 others that uh, are are going to be coming later to our service at 11 o'clock for our traditional service which will have um, the choir cantata and I hope you can remain for that as well. I want to give you an opportunity to fill out some uh, prayer concerns. Uh, Our ushers have index cards for you and if you have a concern you'd like to share uh, we will be glad to share that with you. Write something that you don't mind me repeating And if you raise your hand, here come the ushers with the index cards and a pencil if you need it. And uh, we'll collect those in a few moments. Um, Let's see, lots of announcements. Tom and Ann Hammond have um, tapes of the uh, recent um, children's program, I think, from last week. And if you would like a copy of this, let them know if you would please bring them a tape so that they can duplicate it for you and you can let us know in the office about that and bring it to us they will be glad to do that united methodist men will not be meeting on their usual thursday night this week but instead they're going to back up a night and they're going to meet along with our potluck supper on uh, on wednesday night at six o'clock and so the Methodist men will huddle together after the supper is over and have a few moments of meeting on Wednesday night following our 6 p.m. potluck supper. And of course that means men, I plan to, I plan to see all of you at uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken about 5.45. I just thought I'd you know, let you know. Got a call this morning. Ruby Reed is in the hospital. Those of you know Ruby, she was here last Sunday. Um, lives now down in Lexington but was home for a visit. She passed out yesterday and fell and hit her head so badly that she has a hematoma on the brain. So she is in intensive care at ICU and the family has called requesting prayers so let us remember them. Uh, Today at two o'clock we will be gathering for the funeral of Charles Dobson Charles died on Thursday and uh, will be remembered this afternoon at his funeral, and we invite you to be here for that. As I mentioned, we have the the, uh, 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 chancel choir at 11. Youth meet tonight at 5.30 to go Christmas caroling. Wednesday, the youth will be meeting at 7 p.m. following the potluck supper. And, of course, we want you to be sure that you've got on your calendar Friday and or Saturday night, 7 o'clock, 
19th or 20th of December. Uh, Praise Band will be presenting our special Christmas program for you that night. I hope that you can be here. We will, uh, we've done something a little different this year. While we all still had voices, we recorded um, our songs. And so there will be a CD available for purchase that night. Uh, if you need something, they make nice Frisbees, you know. Um, but anyway, that, I think the cost is like $4. It's just a very nominal charge to cover our expenses of, uh, of getting them duplicated. Any profits will be given to the church for use in its ministries. So we invite you to be here for that. There is no charge for the concert itself. So we hope that you'll bring your friends uh, for this. It is wonderful to welcome some new folks into our membership. They will be coming later to, uh, after the prayer to light the candles. But let me get them to come forward this time that you might be introduced to them. John, Claudia, and Mary Beth Powell and Mary Margaret, Mary Margaret Bragdon. Uh, come on up here, sorry about that. <clears throat> These folks moved down here from what, Tennessee, wasn't it? Kentucky. Oh, excuse me, hmm? Tennessee and Kentucky. Is there a difference? Never mind. And, and these folks come to us from other Methodist churches, and we're just delighted to have them. And I will uh, extend to them your welcome at this time by giving them. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not going to shake your hand today. I'm, it may be. A, it may be a germy hand. I'll extend to you the wave of fellowship, and we we're we're glad to have you folks as a part of it. You've been here over a year, so this is just recognizing a thing that already existed, and we're glad to glad to have you folks as a part of our fellowship. Thanks. <clears throat> if we're ready to have I left anything out can let, let us uh, have our ushers collect the prayer cards and uh, we'll share that time together in prayer let us join our hearts together for prayer We thank you, Lord, for this day and for all that will be happening for the voices of the youth tonight as they go caroling and lifting the spirits of people where they go. For this service where we come together for this time of worship and and praise, we give you thanks. For the blessings of our Sunday school classes that we find so meaningful, we give you thanks. For the gift of our chancel choir that will bless us this morning with with their singing, we give you thanks. For enabling us in the praise band to offer you our praise, we give you thanks. We come this wonderful time of year <clears throat> remembering how you came in fragile infant flesh, risking everything that is connected with coming in such fragile form. We're thankful that by daring to come to us in that way, you showed us your almighty power and you also showed us the love that you have for us that was willing to take big risks and we are grateful for that. Here now are our special prayers for this day. We pray for healing for Joyce Childers 
and her son, Zach. We pray for healing for a friend's five-year-old daughter who has lymphoma. We pray for a friend's son who has depression. We pray for the restoration of a broken family. We pray for troops in harm's way and their families and loved ones. We pray for all families who are suffering financial strain. We continue to pray for Tim Guest, Zach and Alex Guest's father who recently had total hip replacement but has encountered complications and is now stable. We remember also Ruby Reed this day. We remember the, the family of Charles Dobson in our prayers as well. We pray these things in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray saying, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We will now celebrate the lighting of our Advent wreath, the third candle of the Advent season, and we invite our newest members to come and lead us in this time of worship. I did just want to mention there is a fourth Powell that y'all have never met. He's in the Marines and will be leaving for Iraq in February, so I didn't want to forget him. <laughs> um, Today our reading comes from the chapter of Luke 2, verses 9b through 12, as we light the joy candle. The Messiah's coming was punctuated by joy. The angel said to the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Well, that'll do. That's not the, not the passage I sent Andy, but oh well. Um, by the way, I apologize for this morning. I know it's hard to listen to me. Um, it's, it's hard for me to listen to me. But um, let us uh, share the scripture together from Luke 2, 9 through 12. The angel said to the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for see, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. Joy to the world, the Lord has come, let earth receive her king. The uh, message today is entitled, Why a Baby? <clears throat> Babies have a very special place. Well, now there's the scripture. wonder why, was that what y'all? Oh, I thought, <clears throat> <clears throat> well, I, that'll do. I'm going to save my voice. 
Babies have a very special place in the life of the church. The most obvious proof of this is when we baptize a baby. United Methodists, along with Presbyterians, Episcopalians, Roman Catholics, Lutherans, and others who practice infant baptism, view baptism as a sign of God's unconditional acceptance of us. It is a sign that God accepts us even before we understand or could possibly have deserved it in any way. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, the scripture says, and we act that out in infant baptism. Now, I've learned a great deal in life about the faith from baptizing little children and babies. There was one little baby that this picture reminds me of. The little girl's name was Tiffany. And um, I went to her house. She was about two or three, and I explained what I was going to be doing at her baptism. The morning of the baptism, when I came toward her with a handful of water, she hopped up. She was on her feet. She hopped up and ran toward the back of the church screaming, no, 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 no. I didn't know what to do. Her parents made the decision. They went back and picked her up and gently brought her back up and held her before me while I placed my hand on her head and she was shaking her head the whole time. No, 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 while I was baptizing her. I thought about that, that very meaningful baptism, because Tiffany was like a lot of us who try to get away from God. And we say, no, no, no to God an awful long time. But God never stops reaching out that hand of grace, baptizing us every day with his love. That was a very meaningful baptism because it wasn't about the child or the readiness of the child, but it was about God's availability and the readiness of God to accept that child. Then there was a little four-month-old baby that this picture reminds me of. His name was Mickey. When I placed my hand upon his head in baptism, he looked at me and stretched his little hand out and touched the top of my head. And so while I was baptizing him, he was baptizing me, I guess. There was a wonderful moment of mutual blessing, and I thought, what a wonderful thing to be baptized by a baby's love as I'm baptizing that baby. By the way, I heard this week I was talking with someone about the fact that we you know, usually have a little bowl up here, a little bowl of water for baptism, and they were saying that <clears throat> years ago the Baptist minister down here at Victor Baptist went over to the Methodist church for a community gathering, you know, and he was the speaker at the, at the Victor Methodist church. And he got, he was a big fellow. He worked up a good head of steam and sweat. And so he looked down and he saw what he thought was a glass of water and he took that big bowl and drank it, not realizing he had just done away with the baptismal water. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> there is a sermon in every baptism. It is an, indeed a sign of God's love. The angels sang to the shepherds and told them to look for another sign, another symbol of God's love, a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. There is a sermon in that sign as well. Some speakers have referred to to, uh, that as the sermon in the straw, and it is indeed a sign, that manger. 
that God's love and God himself has come to earth for us. In July of 1969, when the astronauts uh, returned from their famous steps on the moon, an exuberant President Nixon declared their mission to be the greatest week in the history of the world since the week of creation. Luther and Pastor Charles uh, Kessler couldn't resist writing Mr. Nixon a note which said, Mr. President, I'm afraid you're wrong. The greatest event in human history following the creation isn't when we set foot on the moon, but when God set foot on our planet in Jesus Christ. A sign in the straw is the baby who is God setting foot here on earth. But why in the world did God choose to come this way to us? God could have come directly out of heaven, either unnoticed or accompanied by an army of angels to keep him safe. Why bother coming to earth in a way that sometimes is risky? Not every baby, you know, we forget nowadays it's so rare and so tragic always when a baby doesn't come here uh, in, in good health or even uh, alive. A um, hundred years ago, the infant mortality rate was much, much higher. Uh, I knew a lady that for her first three infants were stillborn. I don't know how you live through something like that. Why would God choose to come to us in such a way as that and risk everything robed in human flesh, so fragile human flesh? There's got to be a sign, a meaning there somewhere. Why did he come as a baby? I think it's because it was the nature of God to come as a lowly servant always. Look at Paul's statement in Philippians 2. Christ, though equal with God, emptied himself of this uh, kingly nature and took the form of a servant. Now you contrast that belief with another belief of that same era that Paul wrote that, which was that this is what heaven looked like. That's all a bunch of gods. And you see everything about the worst of humanity up there. Tyrant king and queen and, and people going to war and passions of violence and, and just, you know, that was the, the world of that day believed that that's what God was like. But Jesus came representing a whole different image of what God was like. Jesus came revealing a God who wants to serve instead of be served. Why did Jesus come as a baby? It's the same reason he rode a donkey into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, to show that his ways were not the ways of the worst of humanity like war, but the peaceful ways of a lowly servant. Hear these words of Reverend Kessler. Jesus came as no pretentious superman, he attained no eminence in his own time, even among his own people. He was not well born. His parents were so obscure that but for their son, they would have long ago been forgotten. Parents with no master charge clout. Jesus grew up in a despised neighborhood, Nazareth, the hell's kitchen of Palestine. His entire life was spent in a remote and insignificant corner of the world. His associates and friends were ignorant, insignificant people with no connections of patronage or influence. Even his death would seem to have sealed his obscurity. 
for he was executed as a criminal. Jesus came to earth not as an exalted or privileged person, but as a common man living with ordinary people, dying at last between two thieves. Why a baby? Because it is God's nature to come to us in humble ways, serving in non-obvious ways. Another reason that uh, Jesus chose to come to us in the form that he did is that a baby is the bringing together of two people. A baby is where we see that fulfilled that the scripture talks about. The two become one flesh. We produce one new flesh uh, through marriage. Isn't it fun when you have that new baby and you begin looking and trying to figure out, you know, whose feet does he have or she have and whose nose, bless their little hearts, they don't have a whole lot of choice sometimes, you know. Uh, Whose hair, uh, whose ears. The blame game is fun too. When a baby shows some undesirable trait, it's always fun to know who to blame. And so far, this is what we found out about our children. From Penny, our children got their good looks, their brains, and their talents. And from me, they got their stubbornness, their warped sense of humor, and their argumentativeness. You know, that's just the way it works. When Hillary was a baby, um, that beautiful young lady at that time looked an awful lot like her daddy causing one church member to exclaim, why? That's one baby Arthur can't deny being the father of. And Penny said, how many is he denying? <clears throat> and another lady looking at and hearing this conversation said, Lord, let's pray for the poor child. Maybe she can still outgrow that. And we saw her years later and she said, hallelujah, our prayers were answered. But a baby is a union between two people. And the baby Jesus was a union between humanity and God. He was the union between humanity and God. And wasn't that what his mission was all about in the first place? To bring God together with his people again? That mission of Jesus was obvious even in the manger if you were an observant shepherd. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. The baby Jesus was the union of God and humanity. And his message was all about how God reconciles us to God and to one another. His death sealed that union, bringing God and people together. Why a baby? Well, is there anything more helpless than a little baby? At birth, some babies have to be coaxed to breathe. Our daughter, Hillary, it <clears throat> wives, I'm sorry that you don't get to enjoy the birth the way us fathers get to. Um, it was great to watch those little lives take their, their first breath. Hillary was born asleep, and she didn't cry. She didn't do anything. She didn't breathe. And I held my breath thinking, oh, please, just breathe. That's all you've got to do to make Daddy happy. Just breathe. And they finally got that little girl breathing, and she's... She was kind of slow to wake up. You know, John arrived here. The look in John's face was, all right, who's in charge here? I'm taking over. Just know that. And that's pretty much the way it's been. But um, is there anything more helpless than a little baby? They can't do anything themselves. 
But that helpless little infant Jesus was all that God needed to save us. And what does that say about God's almighty power? When we are helpless as babies to save ourselves, God's baby Jesus was strong enough to do all that is necessary to save us all. One of the places that false beliefs can enter into a person's faith is when we think that somehow we've got to add to what God has done in order to be saved. In other words, to teach that the cross was not enough by itself to save us. God's power to forgive us is not enough by itself, some people teach. Surely, I must have to add something to what God has done in order for me to be saved. But God came as a baby, as a sign that God all by himself is able to save us. Here's a door-to-door people giving out a tract and the man says, this pamphlet is blank and the visitors say, oh, that's because we're atheists. Ha, ha, ha. Well, I took that little cartoon and uh, made a little different one. I got visited by some people uh, one time. I think they were the Jemima's witnesses. You'll notice Aunt Jemima down there. Uh, but anyway, I was putting a car stereo in my car when these visitors came to talk with me about their religion. And um, I had some time on my hands, so I decided to invite them in, let them tell me their story, if they also agreed to let me tell them my story. They made a very well-prepared presentation of their belief system. At the end of their talk, I asked them one simple question. What exactly does your faith teach that is necessary to be saved? The two of them looked at each other like computers trying to check into the terminal to find the right answer. And finally, the older one said, oh, I know why you're asking us this. Your church believes that the death of Jesus is all that is necessary for your salvation. Our group doesn't believe that. And I said, well, we have a big difference, don't we? Because you're right. We believe God did it all. We believe that Jesus is not the starting point, but the entire point of salvation. And that our salvation depends entirely on what he did for us on the cross. Oh, I believe that faith ought to produce good works. And if my life doesn't show that I'm a follower of Jesus, something's wrong with me. But my good works don't save me. The cross did. If Almighty God needs my help, then he is not almighty. All God needed to save us was one little baby in Bethlehem. One one message is that our salvation Um, Our message depends, try that again, our message is that salvation depends upon God alone. It is Jesus' death all by itself which saves us. So why come as a baby? Because God is a servant, not a tyrant. Because that baby brought God and people together again. And because we are helpless to save ourselves. And so God has done it for us all by himself in Christ. What good news that is. Amen. Let us now worship God by giving.
I invite you to stand with me as we share together the uh, affirmation of faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sit at the right hand of God the Father. He's come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. The grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. 